Hello, welcome to the Parenting Counterintuitively podcast, where we say it's not about having good kids, it's about equipping them to become successful adults. Our topic today is default to yes, and how saying yes to your kids as the default can be beneficial. Obviously, there's some dangers to that, and we have to be intentional, so we'll unpack that today and come across with some practical ways to put that into practice in your parenting. Before we do that, we want to introduce ourselves. I'm Josh Stevens. This is... And I'm Tammy Stevens. And uh, on the phone today, we have our daughter, Samantha, who's 29 years old and uh, has a family of her own. So she'll be joining us uh, with some examples from her perspective. We're certainly not perfect parents. We're not perfect people. And we've certainly made a lot of mistakes along the way. But we want to be able to pass along some things being... Parents that are kind of, all of our children are adults now, we feel like we have a perspective that we can share some things so you don't have to make the same mistakes that we did. Well, before we get started, I just want to remind you that uh, this is not the foundation of parenting. We encourage you to connect with some other podcasts or other resources, and if you need some help with that, you can find that on our Facebook. The other piece to this is that to help you challenge your thinking and encourage intentionality and challenge your intuition. So back to today's topic, default to yes. Well, isn't it safer to say no? Yeah, you would think that it'd be safer to have our default answer be no. But really, when we say no all the time, there can be some downsides to that. And if you have some intentionality built in, having your default answer be yes can really have some great benefits. All right, so I'm sure our... Listeners are wondering what exactly it means to default to yes. Can you give us an example? Yeah, so it's subtle, but it's really important. And the good example that I think that uh, is pretty relatable, at least to me, is with my bicycling. I bicycle for transportation. And when I started doing that, my default was to drive to work. And then I would ride my bike if all the stars aligned and the weather was going to be perfect. And you can imagine that I did the default by driving a lot more often. So a few times in the summer, I would ride my bike to work. At some point, I changed my default and said, you know what, instead of saying I'm going to drive unless I can find good reasons to bike, I switched that around and said, I'm going to bike unless I have good reasons to drive. So it doesn't mean I don't ever drive my car to work. But I have to have good reasons. If the weather's really bad or if I've got some errands to run that day, then I've got good reasons. And I'll say, oh, okay, well, I'll change from my default of biking to driving. But the impact has been really big. And it seems like a subtle change in thinking, but it's much more intentional. And now I ride my bike almost every single day year-round here in Michigan. And I've found fewer and fewer excuses where I need to switch to the non-default answer. Okay, so we've looked at how defaulting to yes would result in likely saying yes more often, but how does that help us equip our kids to become successful adults? Well, there's kind of three main ways where this has a big impact and makes a big difference with kids and with our relationship and with equipping them to become successful adults. The first one is encouraging them to ask permission versus forgiveness. I know when I was growing up, and I think you did this too, is 
there were times when we said, you know, I really want to go do this with my friends, but if I ask mom and dad, I'm pretty sure they're going to say no. So I'll just not ask and then deal with the consequences later. And as parents, we don't want that. We want to encourage our kids to come to us. But if they feel like they're going to get a no answer without a good reason, then they're much more likely to ask forgiveness versus permission. Which kind of leads to the second point, the second good reason for having your default be yes and saying yes as often as you can is that it helps them understand when there is a no answer, what are the reasons behind that? And helps to accept, well, mom and dad said no. They don't usually say no, so I'm going to pay attention to what reasons they had or, hey, this is kind of weird. I'm going to accept that no answer, even though I might not necessarily agree with it. And then the third is that it drives responsibility for their own decisions. And as our kids come to us, we've had you know many examples where they said, hey, I really want to go and do this activity with my friends. And we said, yes, but, or yes, and, and help them to understand that it was going to cost. If they wanted to go to the pool with their friends, well, who's going to pay for the admission for that? And they had to have some responsibility for that. And we'll talk more about having kids pay for their own things and take responsibility in a future episode. But as they come to us and we're able to have that conversation, it really drives that ownership of their own decisions and really equips them to become responsible adults. Well, I think in addition to that too, it also helps in the relationship between uh, kids and parents too, as they continue to grow, uh, grow up and grow out. Right. So uh, teaching those responsibilities and, and such kind of helps with that. Mm -hmm. So we've shared with you some of our personal examples, but we haven't really hit the parenting part of that um, and how practical application from our own story um, really has taken place. So wanted to introduce to you today our guest speaker. Um, She is our oldest adult child, Samantha, and we're going to ask her some questions about defaulting to yes as she grew up in our family. But before we do that, just want to share with you that... uh, If you haven't been in this mindset of defaulting to yes, just know that it's not easy to transition over into that. There may be times of um, hesitation or fear or um, maybe even in your mind, the lack of success or progress or such. But keep in mind that um, parenting, as you all know, those of us who are parents know that it's never easy. And uh, it's really about raising successful adults and not the moment of, of raising our kids. Yeah, it's certainly, and that's what being counterintuitive parenting is all about. You know, it's intuitive to, you know, you've had examples where Samantha was 12 and Gabe was six and Hannah was three and the three-year-old's crying, Gabe's running around, bouncing off the walls, climbing on things. And the 12-year-old comes and says, hey, mom, can I go to my friend's house or can I have my friend over? And you're trying to do your thing while you're trying to deal with the other kids. And it's a lot easier. It's a lot more intuitive to just go, no, because I said so. Mm-hmm. Just no. But it's about not doing the easy thing. It's about not doing the non-intentional thing, but having to think it through. And if your default is yes, then either... 
if you're not going to think about it, you have to say yes, which has some risk involved, obviously, or you have to stop, be intentional, think about, hey, if I'm going to say no, I got to have some good reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thanks, Josh. So let's transition into our speaker today. Uh, as I mentioned, Sam is our oldest adult, and uh, she's the only one of our kids right now that's married. Uh, in a few short months, we'll have our second child um, married off, and so we're excited about that too. But um, Sam and her husband end up being the parents of our four great four. <laughs> they're not our four great grandchildren. They're, they're our great, four... <laughs> and they're grandchildren, but they're not great grandchildren. No. So anyhow, um, so without further ado, we'll uh, bring Sam on and. And let her introduce herself. So, hi, Sam. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, can you share with our listeners a little bit about just about yourself? Not before we dive into the topic, just share a little bit about uh, who you are and kind of what you do on a day to day basis. Sure. Uh, like you guys pointed out, um, married. We've been married for a little over five years. We've got uh, four kids, ranging from fifteen to three, and uh, so on top of that, we are running a coffee shop. Um, my background is actually education, so I've got challenges from uh, from that, but it makes it a little easier on the parenting perspective. So today we're talking about the topic of default to yes, and we asked you to join us so that you could kind of give your perspective as, a, you know, if you think back to your childhood years or your teen years, can you give us an example of a time where we said yes to something that, that you feel like a lot of parents might have said no to? Yeah, I think uh, one of the bigger examples that, um, you know, stands out is uh, going to Mexico on my own. And uh, I think I was maybe 15 at the time. And, uh, and we talked about before that I don't actually remember asking uh, to go to Mexico by myself. Um, we'd gone on two mission trips before, a little bit of backstory, so uh, they weren't necessarily sending me somewhere that uh, nobody knew about, but <clears throat> going into the, the mountains of Mexico on a mission trip, and uh, but I don't remember asking, which I think uh, is a testament to the fact that they probably said yes quite a bit, and I don't remember as many no's as yeses. And so clearly I went uh, as a teenager to to Mexico on my own, and yeah, I guess. Yeah. So when you went on this trip to Mexico when you were about 15, were there things that were kind of going through your mind as you separated from your family that felt like, hey, you know, they they gave the default to yes, and I got on a plane and everything was perfect. And see, this is just how perfect life always is. Or was there some additional challenges? You know, leading up to it, I remember being really excited and telling all my friends about it and everybody being like, what? Your parents are letting me go on a plane by yourself, much less to a different country by yourself. And, uh, you know, just being super excited and they dropped me off at the airport and then, uh, getting onto the plane started to be a little bit more challenging because there's a time when they, I think they started requiring passports to go to Canada. And so the whole passport system was backed up. So I didn't actually have a passport. Uh, but I had the paperwork that somebody told us was good enough. And, uh, the lady at the ticket counter took it and told me, yeah, this will be good enough to get you into Mexico, but not back out. Have a great flight. <laughs> and uh, I remember getting on the plane and opening up my little flip phone and calling my mom and being like, so they told me I'm not coming home. 
I think to add a little bit to the story, so we were planning to take a trip as a family to Mexico and spend a week there in central rural Mexico with some missionaries uh, that we know there. And this was, you were going a week ahead of us. So you were having these emotional uh, struggles and this was a challenging time for you of uh, you had uh, made this decision and wanted to go and had asked us and we gave you permission, but now you were dealing with some of the challenges of this, uh, it was sort of difficult. But then, so you got there and you connected with the, the our friends that are missionaries there and they were, you were going to stay in a house with some local uh, people from Mexico, right? You'd been studying Spanish and were excited to, to get immersed in the Spanish. And so the first couple of days though, you, you struggled a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt pretty confident, you know, going there and then you land and the missionaries, you know, brought me back. And of course they spoke English and um, there's a big party that night. I don't remember why, but I mean, uh, that culture, I think there was just a lot of get togethers. And uh, so by the end of the, the get together and speaking trying to keep up and speak Spanish all night and, you know, being around all these people. And, and honestly, there were several people asking me to come stay with them and, you know, they just liked having a a foreigner and I I already had housing set up clearly, but at the end of that night, I was, uh, I was pretty well spent and uh, the missionaries ended up taking me back to their house because I was just, I couldn't stop crying. And uh, I was just a little bit too homesick and felt in over my head and, uh, so yeah, that, that was definitely, uh, a bit of a struggle that first day or two. But then fast forward a week and we called and talked to, uh, our friends and they, they put you on the phone and we were going to be there the next day. And it was, Hey, we want to, well, you know, you were, you were crying last time we talked to you. Now, now we're going to be there. We'll all be together. And, uh, do you remember what you said to us? I don't remember specifically, but uh, I do remember not not really uh, caring too much at that point. That I mean, you know, I care for you, but not really caring as much because I had been immersed in the culture for a week, and I'd been living with these people, and um, they had two girls who were similar to my age, and we'd made a bunch of friends around the the city, and and I think we were going to the pool that day in a different city, and so we weren't going to make it back in time for the the flight to get in and to, or to go to the airport. And, uh, so yeah, I opted to hang out with my new Mexican friends instead of, uh, coming and greeting you guys. Yeah. That's just a great example of, you know, a turnaround in a short period of time and you really spreading your wings and and taking responsibility and being very mature. That's, uh, as much as we would have liked to see you that day, it was really warmed our hearts to, to tell that you were, um, had made friends and were connected and that, uh, that you were doing well. The other thing too, I want to keep in mind too, for listeners that are listening to that story is, Oh my gosh, how could you possibly do that? And your daughter was crying and did you feel like a horrible mom? And yeah, I kind of did. And I had doubts of if we had not defaulted to yes, would she be happier? And I think that was the piece for me that really, solidified as we as we showed up and excited to see our daughter and then we were like where's our daughter and well she went to a pool party with her friends what and but it's when it started to really click that 
when we default to yes as parents, regardless of their age, uh, it's going to be challenging. And let me ask you this. Was there a time that you were maybe angry in that first week when you were without us thinking, boy, I wish my parents would have said no? No, I don't remember being angry or or wishing even necessarily that I was home. I just uh, a little in over my head maybe, but definitely not angry or, or resentful to you. Yeah. So then fast forward to now, do you look back at that story and, um, or when you look back at that story, do you feel like that part of your life, that two weeks being out of this country or the country that you were used to and immersed and being separated from family and then with them helped you to become a successful adult? Oh yeah. I mean, I think that story and the default to yes in general, um, you know, helped me just to feel confident in myself that my parents believe in me because they think that I can handle this stuff. And, you know, if the default is no, then maybe there's something wrong with me that, that I, I can't be trusted or, or such. Well, that's a great, um, great understanding. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Kind of a good segue into our next question for you is when we did say no, um, can you think of an example where when we said no, it was either kind of a rare thing, like why, why did they say no? Or we said no and had a good reason. And it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I get that. That's probably for my best because they don't usually say no very often. Um, honestly, I had to think about this one for quite a while. Um, and I, I ended up coming up with two examples. And the first one is, uh, I asked if I could go ice skating, uh, with my friends one night and you guys said no. And that I had, I had a dinner plan with dad, but I'm like, can't we just reschedule dinner? Everybody else is going ice skating this night. And, and he was very adamant that I was not going and that, that this dinner was important. And, and it ended up being the night that they did the rite of passage for me. And in retrospect, I understood the no, but I was a little bit angry that night that I had asked and been told no. Mm -hmm. That's a good example. Yeah. Um, and then the other example is uh, in high school, I tried to talk them out of making me take a speech class. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, got told no, that, uh, that I was going to take the class. And there's a reason that the school makes you take it. And, uh, and even still, the last, you know, I didn't see much of a impact from that, but last year, uh, after starting our business two years ago and ended up being the president of the chamber of commerce last year and had to give, uh, countless speeches at ribbon cutting ceremonies and meetings and stuff like that. And, and then I remember thinking back to that speech class and the first time that I got up in front of people and couldn't even get words out of my mouth and glad that I did that in high school, as opposed to trying to be a business owner who can't talk to people. Yeah. So I think what I hear you kind of saying on that last example is, you know, doing the hard things early on and knowing that, uh, that your parents did have your best interest in mind in helping you become that successful adult. It just didn't feel like it at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm, I'm almost 30. And if you'd asked me five years ago, if, speech class was important, I would have still told you no. So, you know, the, the payoff is longer term sometimes than you realize. You know, sometimes there isn't a payoff, you know, if, and, and there's a lot of things that we do as parents that 
you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, there's lots of things that we've done to, to mess things up. And we're not here to just pat ourselves on the back or say we're better parents than anybody else. Um, but that we learned some things along the way. And, you know, I'm sure we could uh, come up with some examples and maybe we'll do that for a future episode is uh, some of the things where, you know, you still look back and just shake your head and go, why did mom and dad do that to me? <laughs> but we'll save that for a future episode. Um, so how would you say, or, or have you put this into practice at all in your own parenting? You've got four kids and, you know, there's plenty of opportunities to, to say no, to say yes. And can you give us an example of something maybe recently that you've done with your kids? Uh, yeah, recently, uh, we were, my 13 year old daughter and I were painting a dresser that I found, uh, for our back porch and to store all our pool stuff in. And, and we got done spray painting it and she's like, spray painting is really fun. Is there anything else we could spray paint? And, uh, and you know, we're standing in the garage and looking around like, and I'm like, I don't really think there's anything else we need to paint. She's like, can I paint the walls? And, uh, I'm like, sure, why not? And, uh, <laughs> so we actually went inside and spent some time looking up, you know, different graffiti handwriting styles and, and, uh, all four of our kids ended up doing graffiti inside of our garage and, you know, they talked about that for weeks to come too, but, uh, you know, that's a bigger example of not like going to Mexico, but. But it's still a practical piece that, uh, that you said yes. And, you know, I, growing up, I can't think of a single family, including my own, that would have said yes to that. And, uh, I think we have a tendency, especially in, in our culture to have everything, you know, nice and fit and perfect, but what's the worst case scenario to painting the garage wall? You paint over it, right? So, And I think something that you said there of, of asking the right question. Instead of asking why, asking why not. And that really is, you know, the cornerstone of what the point that we're trying to make today of defaulting to yes. Instead of saying, oh, why should I let my kid do this? Saying, well why not? And how can we mitigate the risks? And how can we make this a learning opportunity? How can we help this experience to equip them to become better adults? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, even, you know, smaller examples that I can think of, you know, my three-year-old's birthday party, we let him cut his cake with a chef's knife. And of course I was there, you know, less than, you know, my hand was less than an inch away from the knife, but several of, you know, the parents of the other toddlers there were like, you gave your kid a knife? <laughs> well, <laughs> clearly I didn't give it to him without guidelines, but, you know, giving them small steps when they're younger too. Yeah, that's a great example of, of what you can do with even a really young child. You know, three-year-old is obviously way different than a 13 or 15-year-old, but you have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's really a perfect segue into our practical takeaway section. So as we think about our listeners and, and who's tuning into this podcast, uh, it's people that have small children and are looking to, hey, how can I be intentional as these kids grow, as well as parents with teenagers or older children that they can really communicate with and, and talk through. And, you know, maybe they've been saying no quite a bit and uh, need to, uh, you know, are thinking through this uh, concept and saying, oh, maybe I need to make some adjustments. And we don't expect everybody to agree with us. You know, some people are going to be saying, no, that's, that's too dangerous for me or for my family or in my context. And, 
you know, we totally get that. You know, we're not uh, trying to say that you have to do it our way, but if this gets you thinking, then then this is really what we're wanting to do. So a couple of practical takeaways for this concept for you. If you've got small children, I think that example that you just gave, Samantha, about you know, letting the, the three-year-old handle a knife. If, if you're right there and you can provide some guidance and some context and be intentional about, hey, this, this is the sharp part and you don't want to cut yourself and be there to kind of have some guardrails for him, you can say yes in things that the other parents at the birthday party would go, Ew, wow, really? You're, I would say no to my kids on that. So, so I challenge you as a, uh, you know, our listeners that are parents of younger children to, to kind of do that in that way and try to think about how they can get into that default way of thinking in every time they think about something that they're doing for their kids, even if they're not necessarily communicating the words yes or no to, to a very young child. And remembering, too, that, it, again, it's not always easy, but it's worth it. And how do we teach and train those, uh, those kids to, to grow up to do, to do the hard thing but to be successful in it? Yep. And so the second takeaway for the parents of a little bit older children is trying to, well, you know, if you've been doing it one way, don't just flip a switch and start saying yes to everything. You're going to have a bad day. <laughs> but to be able to start thinking about that default way of thinking and start communicating better with your child and say, Hey, you know what? I realize I've been saying no a lot, or, you know, if you're one of those parents that, uh, you know, I think a couple of times we caught ourselves saying, because I said so, and not having a good reason or not being intentional about a decision. If, if that's you talk to your kids and say, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry for that. I'm super busy. I'm got all kinds of reasons, but talk to them and say, you know what, from now on, I'm going to try to do this a little bit differently and try to work that into trusting your kids more, communicating with them so you can do some of the things that we've talked about in the examples today. And you also don't have to tell your kids, matter of fact, we probably encourage you not to tell your kids that you have that default to yes response. And so that's the other piece too, is you don't want the kids to be intentional about taking advantage of mom and dad. And so by defaulting into that, yes, really needs to be kind of a private thing so that it keeps, well, a balance between your sanity and helping teach and train them up. So keeping that in mind too, that yes, you might need to have that discussion with your, with your child, but possibly not telling them directly that that's what you're thinking and, uh, and going up from there. So if you found this content to be at least thought-provoking, you might disagree with us, at least if it's got you thinking and got you thinking about how you're going to be as a parent. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on uh, either Apple or Google or Stitcher. Like, subscribe, put comments there that really helps us out, um, and share with your friends that uh, this is some helpful content, and uh, they might be able to benefit from that as well. So parentingci.com. Uh, Parenting CI on Facebook, Parenting CI on Instagram. That's how you can find it. CI is counterintuitively, obviously. So as we always say here, it's, it's not, not about, about having, having good kids. kids. It's, it's about, about equipping them to, to become, become successful, successful adults. adults.